0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Passion, the night that I answer all of your questions about love, sex, and relationships. So please do send them along to 514-800 if you want to text them in. You know, you can always call and talk directly to me at 514-790-0800. Or if you'd rather email me your questions because they are uh, a little lengthier, then you can do that as well to Lori at laurie at drlaurie.com. L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E dot com. So a couple of questions came in today uh, via email that I would like to, uh, to share to start off the show. I'm not going into details, but it is you and your show that improved my life. I am no longer in an abusive relationship, even though it was not all that abusive, but enough was enough. I am no longer tolerating the crap from males, particularly those of the younger generation. I am a mature woman who is considered very attractive. I can still wear a bikini and put a twenty one year old to shame. Today I was in an elevator downtown. The elevator was full. Two young men nicely dressed in a suit were checking me out. Naturally, I ignored them. One passed a rather sexist comment to the other which I overheard. If I overheard them, I'm sure the whole elevator did. Well, I turned to them and <laughs> turned to them both and crushed their balls out of existence with some very choice comments. I really dragged them both through the mud. "How old are you two guys?" 22, 23 they answered. Uh, going on 15 listen you two little a-holes when you see someone like me or anyone you show them respect i'm old enough to be your mother and if she was here she would probably spank you both you look at me and pass a comment like that the elevator door opened, and i told them i will put this in words someone of your intellect will understand get the f out of the elevator it's not our floor Did I ask you if it was your floor? They left, and while they were getting out, a big round of applause from the others in the elevator. I was praised on the way up to the 22nd floor. I'm not putting up with crap anymore. I do not mind being looked at or checked out. It's what men do, but if they cross the line, I will no longer stay silent. Abuse comes in many forms. I put up with it in my childhood and in my relationships, but no more. And I will certainly not put up with it from strangers. I had many discussions with other women, and we all find that most guys under 30 need a swift kick in the ass and put in their place. Thank you for giving me the courage. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Okay, that's teaching somebody a lesson about um, some respect. I'm surprised that we're still hearing sexist comments when, like, almost directly to one's face, really. Anyhow, if anybody wants to respond, I don't really quite know what to say with that, except okay, you you had the courage to speak your mind and I think it's good to set boundaries and and, and speak up. So I, I'm all for, the, for for speaking up for sure. 514-800 if you have any thoughts. It doesn't have to be a question. It can be a comment to anything that we're uh, that I'm answering tonight. If you have your own experience that you want to share, your own bits of advice, our listeners appreciate that as well. That much I know over the years. I've uh, often um, been contacted by people who we all Help And people actually, when they write, they know that this is going on air and they know that you too will uh, have something to say. So please do share. Hi, Dr. Lori. I listen every time I can. I think you're doing a great job with the passion community. My question is my wife and I only have sex maybe twice a month. If that, mostly once a month. What bothers me is when I'm doing the laundry. I've noticed multiple times a month, big, white, crusty stains in her panties. The first few times I thought it was just from semen leaking out after amazing sex, but I see it more and more, a heck of a lot more than the one to two times a month that we have sex. Uh, I have asked her about it and she gets really mad. Yells and screams at me, calls me a sicko and I shut up. I know what semen stains look like. I'm not stupid, especially when it's the whole crotch. Am I freaking out or is there that much cervical discharge? Please help. So, okay. First of all, yes, women have can have, uh, depending on the time of the month, uh, especially during ovulation, can have very sticky uh, like kind of gooey, uh, discharge. And so that would cause the panties to be crusty after they, after it dries up. It's different for every woman, but you're right that the discharge does come from the, uh, the cervix. So, um, and when you compare women, for example, who have, who have no cervix, who've had a hysterectomy with no cervix, they hardly have any discharge. So it does come from uh, from there. But... Um Women have different amounts of, uh, uh, of lubrication. And I'm not talking about arousal lubrication, but uh, it's not really a lubrication. It's a discharge, really, what it is. And so oftentimes women will wear panty liners on a, on a daily basis, for example, just to keep themselves uh, dry because for some it could be annoying. The f- you don't need to jump to the conclusion that somehow it's because she's having sex with someone else and it's someone else's semen. First of all, if you were to take a sniff, (laughs) not that I, you know, it's a fetish for some, but uh, you you could smell, you would smell semen and uh, which has a particular odor, whereas discharge does not. It has a, a very different kind of odor. So I hope that answers the question. If anyone wants to add to this. A couple of texts here, wow, all the more power to superwoman, so to the woman who wrote <laughs> wrote in what she did in the elevator, uh, could you please have her call me, I would love to chat, someone else says, um, and that's from a guy, uh, another one, good for her, bravo, I learned the hard way long ago, and sometimes it's what it takes, and that's from a male, so yes, sometimes it's what it takes to make people sensitive to the fact that they are being inappropriate or they are crossing a line because for years it has been, uh, like expected, right? It's almost like manly or b- male behavior that, um, we see it in the movies and we grew up with that and maybe we saw our dad do things like that. So uh, you know, there's uh, clearly an influence, but things are changing. And of course, with the whole Me Too movement, we're seeing uh, much more sensitivity to, uh, especially to comments and, and things that may be uh, considered uh, sexist. Five one four eight hundred. If you have uh, any uh, any thoughts or what have you, uh, we've got uh, John on the line. Hi, John. Hey, Doctor Lori, How oh, are you? Good. How are you? Very good, thank you. First of all, I'd like to say I love your show. Um, I love that you give everybody a space to kind of communicate with you on these various subjects. You're awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. What kind of? I, um, do for I have friend? a question because I've been. I saw some things online, considering like a, a male penis size, where you can do some exercises in that, um, and I wanted to know if that really helps, or is that just like a waste of time, or <laughs> to increase like size or girth or yeah, n- look, every time this, su- this subject comes up, I have one listener who c- always texts me and says, look, there are some exercises, I'm proof, and what have you. But I've looked into the research, and I've really not found anything. What are the exercises, do you know? Well, there's this thing they call jelking. Okay. Um, where you, like, grab, like, make a, I guess, an O with your hand and, like, stroke a flaccid penis from the base onward. And then there are like other stretching exercises as well. Yeah, no. You're you're not going to, uh, no. I, I really don't believe that that is even possible. What you're mm-hmm. doing is drawing more blood into the penis. So oftentimes, if, if you don't have a full, full um, erection, and a lot of men don't have the maximum blood flow. So if you have the ma- maximum blood flow, your penis will appear bigger. So what you want to do is just to make sure that, the, that you get that maximum blood flow, but to change the the size, there's nothing out there that will change the size. Uh, sorry to say, but... Yeah, no you, worries, no worries. Yeah. Well, along the same lines, because um, there was something else that I saw that said, the, like, if you masturbate more, it helps you delay, like, ejaculation when you're with your partner. Yes, or, yes. Is that something that's true, or... Well, let's say if you were going to see your partner, uh, later on today and you, uh, come too fast, you can ejaculate before you go out to meet your partner. And then the next time will be, will take longer. That is, there is some truth to that for sure. So if you have one ejaculation and you try to have a second one, the second one will take longer and the third one even longer. So yes, there's some truth to that. <laughs> John, thank you so much for calling and do appreciate it. You can have your questions answered tonight as well at 514-800 or call us at 514 800 Talking about how to raise libido next. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. I answer your questions, take your comments about anything you want to talk about, any questions you have, or you want to talk something out about your relationship. The passion community is standing by waiting to, uh, to help you. A texter writes in the subject of small, small penises caught my attention. as as I dated a gay man in New York City who I met online. He was quite wealthy, had a multi-million dollar condo, and was quite engaging. We finally started to make out when I discovered he was quite small below the belt. It did not stop us from frolicking, although it was more my benefit than for him. At my departure, he thanked me for not being prejudicial since most people would leave when they made the same discovery. Although we stopped dating due to distance, he is still single eight years later, uh, and in the gay community, maybe matters, maybe more than in the, in the straight community, talking to a lot of women. I, I mean, unless the penis is a, a micro penis and even at, at that micro penis is like under three inches erect there. It's quite rare, nonetheless still there. Uh, but most women are okay, uh, are certainly fine with average, a little below average. Remember, average is five point two inches erect, which means a whole lot of guys are below the, the average and, and then you have a bunch that are above. So um that is the average uh let's see uh, i can totally relate to your previous text or circumstances being an attractive mature woman who gets constantly hit on by both younger and older men myself and interestingly i can attest to the fact that when you put such chauvinists in their proper place ironically they respect you all the more for it again It's okay. I have no problem if somebody gives me a compliment or or whatever. It's the lewdness that is not appreciated by women. A, a, A heartfelt compliment, someone who stops you and says, I think you're really beautiful or I love your eyes or whatever it is, is to me, it's not necessarily a hit on, but it's a compliment. And Is it my generation that we're okay with that? I don't know. I don't know what the younger generation feels. Like, can you, can somebody not give you a compliment? Um, But when they, when, when it's lewd, that's just a different kind of thing. A passion poet (laughs) weighs in. Look at her boobs, check out her ass. Do not be obvious. Do not make a pass. Maybe a friendly smile, a comment that is kind. You never know what is on her mind. Show a little respect Show just a little class or you may find your balls rammed rammed up your ass. (laughs) Ah, That's funny. Um, Text writes in, I also find that if my boyfriend ejaculated less than 24 hours ago, his erection was weak. So just a little extra earning. Earning? Okay, uh, yes, and uh, again, it's, it depends on age. It depend, That's the refractory period. So we talked about that um, a couple of nights back. I think we had a question about that. But the refractory period is the time between ejaculations. And as you get older, the refractory period gets longer. So uh, it will be tougher to get an erection and certainly um, tougher to ejaculate if you have, uh, sex in succession, like if, or, or expecting an ejaculation in quick succession. So when you're younger in your teens and twenties, and you can have many, many orgasms in, in a day, but as you hit middle age and, and beyond, you need a much longer resting period before, uh, before those two, uh, Texter writes in, P.S. I'm not too crazy about penis size less than average. I'll accept average, but it's still important for straight women too. Uh, I'm not saying it's not important, but I can tell you it's not a make it or break it for most women. At least that's not what I have found. I don't know if anybody else wants to weigh in on penis size. Ladies, uh, how about weighing in on this and, and saying how important is is it is it important to have way above average or is average uh, good enough to me what a, a, a what a man can do how he is a lover is far more important than the size of his penis because you can have you can have somebody with a large penis who is terrible in bed like that that is not the make of a good uh, of a good lover um Okay, let's see. How, simple question. How can I raise my libido? So I don't know if this is from a male or a female. So raising one's libido is really about focusing on sexuality, focusing on what stimulates your mind, right? So my suggestion, uh, let me assume it's a woman since women are the ones who complain more about this than men do. Not that men don't have lower libidos, they do. But reading erotica tends to work for women quite a bit. So stimulating the the erotic centers of the brain, uh, watching erotic movies, um, like And also, the more you have sex or the more you masturbate or the more you you get the blood going there and and aroused, the more you also want it. So there is a little bit of that effect uh, as well. So that's something that you you need to think about. So for a lot of women, libido isn't necessarily um, spontaneous. In other words, for a lot of women, especially in long-term relationships, maybe older women, they may not get horny for example like just out of the blue it's mostly contextual like it's within the context of something not all but for many and they their desire kicks in once they become aroused i know it sounds a little bit backwards but this is often the way it works for women so women will make the decision to be sexual and when they are stimulated they become aroused they then their desire uh, kicks into gear so if you just wait to feel like it it might not happen but if you if you're in a good place and you're you're relaxed and your body's in a good place, then choose to have sex with your partner and see what happens. And what I hear from a lot of women is, yes, it's true. Their libido isn't spontaneous, but Hey, when they do have sex, the sex is great, even though they didn't necessarily feel like it before, uh, before getting uh, into it. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's where I can, what I can say about libido. If anybody else has uh, any ideas how to increase one's libido, uh, reading erotica works so well for, for women. It's women's porn, but porn also. Uh, 40% of women uh, watch uh, watch porn too, by the way. Uh, I'm considered over average, but my girlfriend does not care so much about size. It's more about the whole sexual experience. She prefers oral stimulation to intercourse. So she is no different than most women. 75% of women need the uh, clitoral stimulation, which of course is provided often with uh, oral sex. So that is far more important than the size of the penis going inside the vagina. So uh, you got it right there. (laughs) <laughs> it's not the meat, it's the motion. Uh, I had a relationship once with a small-framed man who was a better lover than the men I had known with larger penises. It makes no difference. Size of the penis makes has no impact on one's quality as a lover. Uh, what about men who prefer reading rather than watching erotica? Might they be more effeminately inclined? No, I don't think that that has anything to do with being e- effeminate or what it's whatever floats your boat. If, uh, if reading erotica and, and men like, like to hear stories as well, penthouse, forum remember those if you're old enough uh where they had all of these erotic uh, erotic stories where people used to say uh oh i only buy this f- for the articles <laughs> yeah for for the erotic reading of course so there's that Uh, Don't get me wrong, Lori. I graciously accept and respect men approaching me with polite compliments. It's the meat hunters I reproach rather. Yes, I get it. Being looked at as a a piece of meat does not feel, uh, does not feel good. How many times does guys, you wrote I don't know, jack off, I think is what you want to know. So how many times a day, how many times, it depends on the age. It depends, like, if you're asking me how much is too much masturbation, um, it depends how much it interferes with, uh, with your life, actually. But if you talk to uh, teenage boys, um, man, they can be masturbating multiple times a day multiple times a day, um, as men get older, maybe less, some men don't, like I've met men who hardly ever masturbate. And then I've met others who do it routinely, uh, in the morning and at night and have done that for years. It doesn't interfere in any way. And it, it also has to do with where your, uh, your libido is at. So you have some people with high desire you have some people with uh, lower desires. So it really depends on the individual uh, person. Here is something interesting my girlfriend and I discussed. You are stranded with a stranger of opposite sex on a desert island. She tells you that you have a choice between oral or intercourse forever. Which would you take? My guess is that most women would pick uh, oral sex for themselves. I don't know about the men. If you had to pick one, that's a good question for men, by the way. If you had to pick one, would it be oral sex or intercourse in terms of receiving? Guys, you can let me know uh, what you think. Uh, Let's see. So this uh, coming up. Uh, a texter writes in about anal sex, but he say, he claims he is uh, 10 inches, so we go from small to quite large here, although men tend to over-exaggerate the length of their penis, by the way. <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. All right, that's the next question answered after we check uh, in with our cgd 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. One of our texters brought up an interesting uh, question. He was having this debate with his girlfriend. If you had to pick one between oral sex or intercourse, receiving, um, which one forever, one of those forever, which one would you take? So somebody wrote in male, he's a male, oral, a 100%. Another one says receiving oral. (laughs) So, so far, to which one would you? Another one says oral, of course, tee hee. (laughs) Um, Let's see, I'd really, this text where I said, I'd really like to hear from more women about their penis size. Preference, not from men reporting what their women say because women might just say that to make their men feel good and not inadequate. Having said that, yes, they still need to be good at it too. So can we hear from some women, please? Uh, Text right, some men lie about penis size like some women lie about their age. All is fair in love and war. Is it true that regular once a day, at least male ejaculation is good for the prostate? Yes, there has been studies that show that frequent ejaculation in your 20s especially has a protective factor and a protective effect on your prostate. If you're just starting to masturbate at 40 uh, regularly to help this, it probably won't do much, but there's a relationship between masturbation in your 20s and later prostate health. Uh, Text writes, I'm a female, not oral. So you would choose intercourse uh, forever instead of oral. And hey, there are some uh, women, 25% of women are able and have orgasms through intercourse alone. And uh, not through uh, oral stimulation. So it's not all women. Uh, I once had a discussion with a male friend regarding opposites sex is attracting and he maintained that if restricted within one room together for an extended period of time eventually a man and a woman would inevitably end up together whether or not they were attracted to each other by sheer virtue of being opposite genders to which i disagreed and would like your opinion on um that would be an interesting study actually i have not seen any studies like that i'm not So sure, except for the fact that if you keep two people in a room of, let's say they're both straight, obviously, and they actually get to know each other a whole lot, then I do believe that attraction can build. So they may not initially be attracted to each other. But if they connect on many other levels here, they have to learn to connect somehow, right? They're stuck in a, in, not that this would ever happen, but let's say they're stuck in a room together for a very long time. Then I do think attraction can evolve out of that. Always, I would never, not say always, but certainly, uh, sometimes I think it's a possibility. I do think it's a possibility So do we want to hear from uh, women? Yes, these men want to hear from women about their penis size preferences. So ladies, if you're a lady listening, could you just send a text to 514-800 and uh, let the guys know what you think. So uh, do you have any advice for my wife and I regarding anal sex? We want to try it, but I'm fairly large. He says 10 inches. Of course, men do tend to exaggerate, but nonetheless, let's just assume. Um, my <laughs> my first response to that is, ouch, okay, ouch. Uh, the rectum, anus does not stretch like the vagina does in the same way. It's not elastic in the same way. I think that's a whole lot of penis to take in there. Um, I think it would make her nervous, I would assume that she would be nervous. And when you are nervous because you're expecting discomfort or pain, then you clench. And when you clench, it hurts even more. So the advice for that would be to make sure she is in complete control, that you she is relaxed. You use a lot of lube. And you go so, so slowly, like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And that's it. But make sure that she is in control and she's guiding and telling you, okay, just a little bit more. Okay, just, but it, because if you screw up and you go in there deep fast, uh, that's never going to happen again. You will hurt her and there's no way she'll trust you to go at her own pace so this is really 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 important as a woman i would much prefer intercourse as the experience is more holistic thereby involving all of you rather than merely involving a partial aspect of you such as your genitals instead ooh, i like that answer so if you had to pick one, it would be intercourse, not necessarily because of the orgasm, but because of the entire experience and the connection. I think I'm with you on that one. Um, I like that. Another female straight says, I also choose intercourse. I had a boyfriend once where he only gave oral. I found it so frustrating. So I wonder about that that guy who did not want to connect Fully right, because the the act of intercourse, can, the two bodies, one in the other, uh, can also obviously be a very connective, very intimate um, experience. And to not have that, mm, I don't know. Uh, so, oh, that experiment was done in university of Utah side on PBS. So this is in terms of the, if you put two people two a uh, heterosexual, a male and a female in a room f- over a period of time, will they inevitably end up together? Uh, so saw it on PBS. They were in the same three, uh, same room environment or three room environment for two weeks they were totally opposite personalities. They dated for eight months after. So again, getting to know one another, um, is at, on another level besides just physical attraction. Uh, there's something to be said about that. Uh, I'm a male and I choose intercourse. I'm attracted to the whole body of women, not just her mouth. So here's, Another, uh, one who feels it's intercourse is a much larger, you know, it's a body experience, not just a genital experience, uh, for the guy with the large penis size who wants to give anal, I say he should go first. (laughs) Okay. So you say, let's get her a strap on with a 10 inch dildo attached to it and I'll do it to you first, and if you can take it, then I'll try it. That's really what you're saying, right? Um, that's an interesting take on that. All right, I, I'm okay with that. Let's see what uh, let's see what he would say uh, to that. I had protected sex, and I got infected with HPV. Can I infect other people during my lifetime? So. Uh, Condoms, or protected sex, in in the way we know, do not protect you from the human papillomavirus nor herpes because both of those are transmitted through skin to skin. There are many, many strains of the human papillomavirus, many of which never show up with any symptoms whatsoever. It's in a huge portion of the population, it usually it doesn't show up, goes it can it just go it can go away, what have you, it can lay dormant. There's that's the thing about HPV and why it gets transmitted and why they developed a vaccine for it especially for the strains that cause cervical cancer, because oftentimes there are no symptoms. So you wouldn't know if you are uh, transmitting or what have you. So you may be having sex with other people that if they were tested, they would have it too. The problem is there's no, um, I, I think they can test women, but I'm not sure there's a test for men, with uh, to test for for hpv if i remember uh, correctly so uh, consider the vaccine i think is uh, is important and uh, and women should still be screened using the pap test that is the best defense against developing cervical cancer is regular every two years unless you have an issue Uh, screening through a pap test through gynecologist or your family doctor. And, uh, if the cells of that test come back, uh, abnormal, then they do a further test and then they get rid of those cells so that they don't develop into cancer later on. They're precancerous cells. They're not cancer cells yet. So, but op- p- women who have died of cervical cancer are often women who have not had these pap tests. So that is your best, best, uh, defense, uh, obviously, along with the, uh, the vaccine. More of your questions answered and so many texts coming in. Preferences, oral or intercourse, if you had to pick one for the rest of your life. And of course, penis size, that's another biggie for, uh, for tonight. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. We're having a discussion tonight on this Trouble Tuesdays. Uh, somebody brought it up. Which would you choose if you had to pick one act, one sexual act forever, oral sex or intercourse? And we're, it's quite split down the middle. Uh, I too would choose intercourse. I'm a woman and it's a whole body experience with intercourse as opposed to oral. So a few people have said that, including males. Uh, And on penis size as well, an average penis is acceptable, but a guy who does not wash his hand after he pees is a deal breaker. I think I heard on the news that only about 30% of men wash their hands after they go to the bathroom and 60% of women. That leaves a whole lot of people who don't wash their hands after going to the bathroom. Ew is all I can say. Ew. Uh, there must be a lot of people infected with HPV and herpes and do not know it. Are these two STIs going, excuse the expression, going viral? Uh, you know, it has always been the case. And just so you know, to put it in perspective, 80% of the sexually active population, 80% will have HPV at some point in their lives. So, and that's because you don't know that it's there, right? So, And this is why the pap screening is so, so important for Women. So that's a huge number. And in terms of herpes, about 60% of the sexually active population uh, will have herpes. Also, many with zero symptoms ever showing up. So that's way, that's like the majority of the population. So keep that in mind and put it in, in perspective a little bit. Uh, I am a woman and I and I prefer intercourse. It is more intimate and sec- sensual. Also, a 10-inch penis is too large. I have an occasional lover who is large. He often hits the cervix and it can be painful. Uh, as a woman, I would have to attest to the fact that performance outweighs penis size. However, having said that, simultaneously, if I had to choose between someone with a larger or smaller penis... I would much prefer smaller, considering I wouldn't have to worry about pain being an issue. Uh, All right, very good point. So we are hearing from a lot of women tonight. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate your support tonight, and and our listeners do too. Um, Hmm, I find 69 just as intimate as intercourse, but it's also nice looking into a woman's eyes while making love. Uh, let's see. I love making out on the couch, fully clothed and almost dry humping. This builds my desire a lot as a woman. So that's on the subject of, um, of how to build libido. If anybody else wants to add to that, of course you can. Great discussion tonight. Thank you. Uh, Let's see, another text writes in, I think there are not a lot of teachers who talk about safe sex. It's sad. I'm a teen. How can we get help? So it's about getting information, and thankfully there there are online resources now. Sadly, there are still teenagers who write to me saying that they're not getting enough uh, sex education, or maybe they're not getting their questions answered in regular sex education. They learn about puberty, they learn about safe sex, but oftentimes teenagers have questions about, Hey, what's a healthy relationship and how do I approach and how do I know when I'm ready? And, uh, is this normal or is that normal? Like they've got a lot, a lot of, uh, of questions that may not be answered by just your teacher in, in the classroom who may not just may not be prepared or trained. And that's fine. There are, sex educators out there for uh, for a reason so there's a couple of sites I would recommend sexualityandyou.ca is a great site for uh, everybody who wants to access um, some good sexual health information and there's also an app that was developed by a colleague of mine who worked uh, with me at the Sexual Health Network of Quebec she did this through I believe it was through AIDS Community Care Montreal, I think. Uh, It's called Sexted, S-E-X-T-E-D. So it's an app where you can ask questions and you are helped by people in the know. So not just by peers, but by actual professionals uh, in the field of, of sexuality who will answer your questions so that's a a really great service and it's free and it's anonymous so uh, it's a good way to get your uh, your questions answered plus you can always ask your questions right here uh, 514-800 to text in questions but people can also email me and I'm happy to answer those as well if you want to email me to laurie at com. Uh, this is a, this is a comment teen porn is not the answer. I know it's hard, but your parents can help. They were teens once and just as horny as you, unfortunately, um, it's not always easy for teenagers to talk to their parents about sex simply, especially if the topic of sexuality has not been brought up earlier on. So you, you kind of like once you hit puberty, if sex has never uh, has never come up in any conversation and your parents have not addressed it, the message is mm, this is not a topic we talk about in this family, you know? So it's, uh, it's really important to be able to... Um, uh, to to talk early with uh, children about sexuality, and I'm not talking about you know talking to your three year old as to how to have sex, but you're you start like it. it we call it the scal- scaffolding um, approach, right? You're b- meaning it's building blocks. You are building to be able to have that openness with uh, with your kids by um, being as nonchalant as you can be in talking about first body parts and privacy and things that little kids need to know, uh, and consent, which consent starts young, but not sexual consent. Like regular consent, like this, you know, Billy, little Billy doesn't want to play with you. You can't force him to play with you kind of thing. Like, or, um, you can't take someone else's toy away. You have to ask their permission. And so you're teaching consent in many different ways. And then you start building on that and talking about sexual consent when the kids are ready. But, uh, but there are really good books, uh, in terms of how to, how to talk to your kids about sex that are actually out there. Uh, Lori, you should consider incorporating a matchmaking segment on your show, considering the degree of your like-minded audience. Yeah, I think I'd be worried about the lawsuits involved and if something went badly or what have you. It sounds like a fun idea, but the execution of it and would be probably a little complicated. But maybe, maybe we should have like a, passion community gathering somewhere and, uh, where people can mingle, I guess, and maybe we can do something like that. So if anybody has ideas and wants to organize one, well, maybe we, uh, we can do that. Uh, so I'll be 50 this year, and oddly, my orgasms have changed. Oddly, I've started ejaculating. I'm a female. I'm not complaining, but it's weird that it seems more intense in this sense that compares to when I was younger. It seems to help when my boyfriend has a full erection. He has noticed it too. The sheets get so wet uh, without any oral. Um, well, good for you. Yes, orgasms can change. They, are not, they don't stay the same throughout your whole life lifetime, and I've spoken to many, many women, and I talk about it in my book, The Sex Bible for People Over 50, that sex can become more intense, and orgasms can become more intense for women as they age, mostly because they're more relaxed in their bodies. They're more relaxed at home. They're they're, they're not listening out for little kids pitter-patter um, coming to the door. Uh, they know their bodies more. So it just seems that the quality of sex actually gets better with age. The quantity may go a bit lower, but the quantity uh, gets better. And the studies bear this out. So way to go. That's, uh, that's really great. Last uh, text, growing up as a gay teen 30 years ago, I learned about sex by talking to older gay men who never took advantage of me. They respectfully talked the way through. Well, you were very lucky that you had some mentors along the way who were able to talk to you, uh, and give you information without taking advantage, of course. Guys, thank you so much. Um, Wonderful talking to you. That's it for me. Uh, Thank you for spending your precious time. And of course, for participating. Your participation is what everybody wants. So thank you. Uh, thank you to Dave Simon, our technical producer tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Petito or through my website at drlori.com where you'll also find the podcast of all the past shows. Coming up next here on CJED, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.